But I think the best example of a brand promise broken is, do you remember Pee Wee Herman? Yes. See, Mm -hmm. I tell people that and they're like, I get it now. Pee Wee Herman showed up as that persona. The actor literally showed up at all events as Pee Wee Herman. That was his Mm -hmm. persona. persona, It was was a like reluctant hero, innocent, right? So this is brand archetypes that he played up. Savant even. (laughs) Yes, yes. And he would show up predictably at all these places and even on the red carpet and all these things. Well, he got caught in that precarious situation right Mm -hmm. in a in a location of ill repute let's leave it there (laughs) and then it completely demolished his brand why because the brand promise fell short of the consumer expectation welcome to you are buzzworthy Building a personal brand starts with internal positioning, which is all about owning your expertise and leveraging the right mindset to succeed. External positioning means putting in place the messaging foundations that big brands use to make their brands stand out in the market. With millions in research and development, enterprise-level companies have honed their positioning and created bulletproof messaging that carries them through the best and worst of markets. But why should they get all of that glory? I think it's time that we did the same with small business owners. So today, I'm going to talk with Patty Dominguez, founder of Positioning to Profit, a best-selling author, advisor, and contributing marketing expert. Her work has been featured on Smart Business, Investors Business Daily, New York Daily News, and American Express Open Forum. And that's just to name a few. Prior to 2013, she worked at a Fortune 50 management consulting company as head of global agency strategy. She now helps service-based entrepreneurs claim their category of one status based on their unique abilities. Hey, Patty, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic, Buzz. Thank you so much. Where are you calling in from today? I'm just outside of Chicago, about a half hour outside. Whereabouts? Uh, there's a suburb called Arlington Heights. I don't know if you've know ever exactly heard of it. I know exactly where that's at. Oh, yes, it's interesting. Yes, places okay. in Illinois I know. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> like, cool. In Chicagoland, seems... I should say. Yes, um, I absolutely. I Illinois. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, right down the road. So, yeah. All right. So we go to Chicago a lot. Time. We also have to fly out of Chicago uh, on a regular when we travel. So awesome. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. We're going to be talking about personal branding and I think that this is a buzzword or a buzz phrase, I guess I should say, that's thrown around in the marketing world a lot. And I think very yeah. loosely. So I want to set a precedence here and make sure that we're all on the same page and have you clarify for the audience how you see personal branding. How do we define personal branding? Yeah, thanks for the question. I think it's a really important one. And in this day and age uh, where there's so many competitors in your category, most likely, right? Mm -hmm. So if you are a general contractor, you're a chiropractor, you're a health coach, any of these things, most of the times just saying what you do at a broad base level, at a macro level is not enough. And so really the opportunity is, well, how are you standing out? Because Mm. I can tell you personally, if I meet somebody and I say, okay, well, tell me what you do. And they say, well, you're like, I'm a health coach. I'm a mortgage broker. 
I'm like, okay, you just commoditized yourself because that doesn't <laughs> right. stand out if you think about it, right? Right. So I always say like you want to zag when everybody else is zigging. So to me, creating a personal brand is the big opportunity to position yourself for longevity. Mm. And that's something where it's not something that is flash in the pan type of marketing, because mm. there's a lot of that, those types of approaches come and go, everyone's on TikTok. And here's what you should be doing. Here's the news or the <laughs> sound trend or do this dance. And all those things are just tactics, right? There are all of these approaches that don't have that long lasting build that mm. really understanding the potential of building a personal brand for the long haul. So I really believe that in this day and age, now more than ever, it's super important to have that. It's super important mm. to really claim your stake, right? Understand mm. the through line, who you serve, how it is that you serve them, and mm -hmm. more importantly, how are you different? So right. this is all based on differentiation and where it can cause a little bit of trepidation in people mm -hmm. I'm thinking, well, I don't know. I don't know what if I want to say uh, how it is that I'm, I'm different and personal brands could be anything. I think the more you're highlighting your idiosyncrasies or things that make you different, things you believe in, mm -hmm. right? It could be if you take a political slant or a, mm -hmm. a spiritual slant, whatever it is, this is all part of building a personal brand that stands out. I like that. So then there's this confusion between a personal brand and mm -hmm. your business's brand, right? Are you mm -hmm. making the distinction between the owner's personal brand and their business, or are you saying they're one and the same? Well, it really depends. Like, who is the spokesperson, right? So, mm -hmm. I'm a, a individual. I'm a personal brand. I mainly work with personal brands. But even though uh, I came from uh, came from a corporate background, once upon a time, ten years ago, I quit my job and I worked in Fortune 50 with a lot of different product launches, really, mm. really big ones. Mm -hmm. The brand in it of itself has a brand's personality, has sure. a brand's promise, has a brand archetype, if you will. Right. So. Either way, right? If you have a spokesperson for the brand, there's a little bit of a risk, mm -hmm. right? You know certain brands that may have used one kind of person, like that guy from Subway, I think it is. Because <laughs> was, was it Jared, Jared? Jared. Jared. Ooh. Yeah, that one went. Right. That one went south at the end, right? <laughs> that one went south because they put all the equity in that person mm -hmm. and highlighted that personal brand instead of the company personal brand. Right. So if you have a company personal brand, it's better to focus on the over overarching macro level view. If mm -hmm. you're a personal brand like I am, I focus on highlighting me front and center. So either way, it both works. You just have to decide what what avenue you're going to go down. The way that you you delineated the two is really important. And I, I think it's important to for the listeners to realize that you can have both at the same time. Right? Absolutely. Because as a spokesperson and for small business and, and, and medium-sized businesses, there are a lot of uh, owner operators that are the spokesperson, right? And yes. so they do have a personal brand. Um, and even at the enterprise level, you look at people like Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, um, and and the like, and they have a personal brand that was tied to their business. And for both of the people I just talked about, they've separated from that business. And so yes. that the brand promise, I love that you use that word, brand promise is basically just a steady personification of the corporate brand. Right. Mm -hmm. And Absolutely. it's it's important for, for small to medium sized business to understand you have a corporate brand if you have more than you serving your clients. 
because all your people underneath you are not personalities, you know, corporate personalities, right? They're not the spokespeople per se. Like they're not the front runners of spokes of, of this being the spokesperson for your business. But when they talk about what they do for a living, guess what? They come your spokespeople and yes. they need a brand promise to hide behind because they, that most of the time, they don't want to be a personality for the business. They're just somebody who works for the business. I think the best example of a brand promise broken is, do you remember Pee Wee Herman? <sighs> yes. See, mm -hmm. I tell people that and they're like, I get it now. Right. Pee Wee Herman showed up as that persona. The actor literally showed up at all events as Pee Wee Herman. That mm -hmm. was his persona. His personality, that, yeah. it, was a, it was a like reluctant hero innocent right so this is brand archetypes that he it played is savant up. even <laughs> yes right? yes and he would show up predictably at all these places and even on the red carpet and all these things well he got caught in that precarious situation mm -hmm. right in a in a location of ill repute let's leave it there <laughs> and then it completely demolished his brand why right. because the brand promise fell short of the consumer expectation Right. So that's the whole deal there is that regardless if you're a personal brand or the company brand, when people come to expect something, anything that falls less of that, you've mm -hmm. broken the brand promise since we we're going down that road. Right. But I think that with the Pee Wee Herman situation, I feel like we have a brand, a brand that is the person, is the personification, mm -hmm. right? Um, yes. I'd like to bring up Papa John's. Mm -hmm. So Papa John's had an owner that was very outspoken and he was the spokesperson for the entire company. And then he did things that some people didn't like, and he was saying yeah. things that some people didn't like. And so there had to be this separation of the two. And another personality came in and kind of helped with that, smooth that, that transition over Shaq, right? Mm -hmm. Brought a new mm -hmm. spokespersonality to the mix to let the old owner, I think his name was Paul, um, kind of fade into the distance so that the brand promise could stay there, right? Papa John's has a brand promise, but it had a spokesperson on top of that. So now when we see the commercials, the brand promise is this, exactly the same. The spokesperson is different. And that's right. where, you know, and so if you're a contractor, you have a hundred employees, you have many spokespeople going to other people's homes to carry out whatever you're doing for that family. Those are many uh, spokespeople. And so the, the brand promise has to be their shield for them so they can just do their job. And then if you need to come in as the spokesperson, you know, maybe something goes wrong. Guess what? Having that spokesperson come in there gives that leverage for that. So you can have multiple spokespeople as far as that. Would you agree with that? I completely agree with that. And so that's the important thing is that regardless of where your personality your brand personality could be down to the level of the persona or the company, but regardless of what it is, show up consistently. And, and if you are the owner and you're representing your brand, make sure that the messaging is cascaded down through the organization so that there's that harmonization of how you're showing up. Right. Mm, Cause if you have somebody it. that's a spokesperson of a rebel, a total rebel, complete outlier and then the person the people in the organizations are maybe super conservative you know faith-based it's like wait a minute where's the disconnect here right because people <laughs> right? come to expect a certain 
experience and situation. And so that's where that harmonization has to come in place. I think a lot of people miss that, especially as they're growing their business. What Uh is it that we stand for, right? And making sure that it trickles through the organization, to your point. I think is extremely beneficial. No, I love the connection between the two, right? The innovation and the mastermind behind Tesla and Elon Musk, right? Those (laughs) two couldn't be the same if it was Bill Gates and Tesla. Mm -hmm. It would be a disconnect. Even though Bill Gates is considered an innovator, he's a conservative innovator. He's not an outspoken innovator. And the brand of Tesla is outspoken. Shoot, the name Tesla is named after a a gentleman who was an outspoken innovator. He was the man who talked against the grain. If, you know, when people were zigging, he was zagging and and he he wanted to push those norms. And so I feel like Tesla wouldn't be as big without somebody like Elon Musk at the helm being that spokesperson. And it, And I think that you're very correct in that when you're building your team behind you, do you have people who share the, some of those values that you are creating the personification behind, right? So you have the folks like, I I like insurance companies because they always have the fun, the fun stuff, right? And so you have this gecko, right? For, for Mm -hmm. Geico, right? And it's fun and, and, and it's cute and stuff like that. They humanize that through that character, but then turn around and you got the, I think it's state farm has the mayhem. Uh, like I the think so. Yeah. Mayhem. <laughs> I think it's state. Farm. Yes. It might, it might be farmers, but either way, the people who are selling that insurance need to be okay with that type of personification. Cause when they show up to give that quote, that's what you're doing. Are you here yes. from mayhem? Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I- it's so true. <laughs> right. <laughs> Because that's what they caught into from that branding. So Mm -hmm. when I look at it as well, is that when we look at our company brand, we're also looking at the evergreen, when you talk about brand promise, it's the evergreen Mm -hmm. message, right? Mm -hmm. It's very hard to have a moving target of a brand promise because that's changing promise, which is not really a promise, right? Mm -hmm. But as human beings, we can change. We can, as as a man, I can grow a beard. I could shave my beard. As a woman, as someone can dye their hair, grow their hair out, cut it short, uh, you know, those types of things. Um, and it, it brings me to, uh, I think it's AT&T. Their current spokesperson was, was originally a redhead. Did you know that? No, you I know? didn't. Okay. So she is recently, her hair got darker and darker, darker, and it got shorter, oh, and shorter, <laughs> shorter, right? Ah. Yeah. And I have a feeling that has to do with how she was testing. And people, yeah, of and course, people preconceived notion of redheads for whatever reason. Uh, it, it's what market research shows us, like focus groups. Well, what do you think about this person? Wow, that red hair and blah, 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 blah. And so the corporate people listen to that. Oh, I think the hair's too long. It makes her provocative or whatever that looks like, right? She always wears high collared uh, shirts and stuff like that. All of that is part of that personification. I wear these rimmed glasses when I'm in public, but I have clear rim, rim glasses for when I'm just doing my everyday, day-to-day stuff. Why? Mm. These have my company colors in it. And it gives me uh, a different yeah. look than when I have these on because these kind of disappear. Well, guess what? There's a lot of bald, bearded men out there, but not of them will have these glasses. So I create a new look for me so that I can stand out without having to say anything. Right? So Well done. You, you wrote a book about this, correct? 
Yeah, it's just a an easy uh, an easy ebook really. It's okay. called Positioning to Profit. So specifically for entrepreneurs, coaches struggling to stand out. Mm -hmm. So this is a whole thing. I talk about specifically the importance of positioning because most people go to branding. They'll say, oh, I worked on my branding already. I got my logo. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's <laughs> low wrong place to start. But most people, they mix both of those terms incorrectly. And I'll just mm. give you an example since we were on the general contractor thing early on. Sure. Positioning is basically like imagine that you want to build your dream home cost is no limit. You can spend whatever it is that you want, have the dream home wherever you want in the world. And again, it's up to you. Mm -hmm. Where would you start? Where would be that first point of starting to build that dream house? You'd hire an architect to build the blueprints, right? Mm -hmm. So positioning is that equivalent. It's the architecture of your brand. Mm -hmm. It's the blueprints of your brand. It's the foundational principles of your brand. Mm -hmm. Branding is all the fun stuff that everybody loves talking about, such as the logo, the visual interpretation of that brand, your website and all those things. And so I think it's a disservice what happens when people are focused first on branding and what happens is they'll take a copycat approach, no diss on these templatized websites, but they're very much void of anything that we've been talking about over the last 10 minutes, such as right. the brand promise, brand personality. It doesn't, it's not a reflection. However, right. if you start with positioning, that is going to be very clear. What is it you stand for? So, I really am I'm on this like mission. I'm like, everyone has their unique positioning that it's really important to highlight so that we're not commoditizing ourselves. Because when you commoditize yourself, then you fall into what I call the price war game, right? Mm -hmm. All things being considered, people are going to make up their decision based on price. You never want to be in that position versus the bottom. It's a race to the bottom, right? And it's not it's not a sustainable strategy unless you're a commoditized thing like sugar or salt. You know what I mean? And so, then you have the government to back you up when when those prices go <laughs> right. out, all out of whack. <laughs> exactly. So just some of the positioning things to think about is like, how are you specializing? So again, what area, if you were to say health coach, again, super commoditized, health coach specializing in weight loss for women postpartum, well, now it's a different story. Mm -hmm. Or if you're a construction company, there's a construction company with a specialization in craftsman style homes that are like, I, I don't know, like over by the sea or whatever, just <laughs> where can you specialize so that you're kind of claiming what I call that category of one. And really what that comes down to is looking for the white space mm -hmm. in a crowded, crowded market or Mm -hmm. As the book talks about these bloody oceans, uh, <laughs> where is your blue ocean right. or where is the white space in that long tail that you can claim so that you can be seen as the leader. Mm -hmm. And really the opportunity is always be leading uh, if you can in that particular space that goes over a, dramatically better. You don't have to play the price war game. Sure. Now you can really premium position uh, mm -hmm. in terms of what you are charging for your products or your services or whatever you do. 100%. So that's that's how important positioning is. I love it. And now my listeners have heard somebody else say yeah. it's about your 1% differentiator. Like mm -hmm. a lot of times, like one of the examples you just had was like the postmortem. 
Like that is a that is a one percent differentiator that really niches your target market way down because there's only so many people going through postmortem mortem depression at, at any given time in your area because most coaches are pretty localized, right? So yeah. you just went from serving everyone and trying to be everything to everyone to very something very specific to someone. And when, especially when you're doing word of mouth, networking, referral marketing, any of those grassroots, uh, guerrilla marketing ta tactics right there, that right there is a differentiator between a winning message and a message that gets lost in the wind. And yeah, so I'm absolutely. just I'm so glad you, you said all of that there. So what is the first step? So say somebody's listening right now and they're like, man, Patty, you're right. I need to, I need to really start differentiating myself as a personality and so that my brand promise can stand alone. What are the first steps to approaching establishing that personal brand? So are we talking individual or company? Uh, individual personal brand. Okay. Your individual personal brand. I have this uh, positioning to profit framework and it basically starts with your internal positioning first. Now at the risk of sounding just a bit woo, it is super important because your business results, what I have found doing this for 10 years, your business results will meet your identity every time, no matter what, every time. Right. So if you don't believe that you're an expert at something, why would the marketplace think you're an expert? And so it's really right. a matter of taking personal inventory and assessing where do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as an expert? I can't begin to tell you, Buzz, how many times people get really hung up on this terminology. Mm. And you know, going mm -hmm. back to uh, the book Outliers, supposedly, according to the author, Malcolm Gladwell, he said it takes 10,000 hours to become an expert. That's the equivalent of working five years full time in your craft. So I venture to guess, right? I venture to guess that most of the people that are out there that are working in their craft for over five, you're an expert. Okay, so start by claiming that expertise and really owning it. And again, taking inventory and seeing how is it that people see you? Most of the times we're so in the jar, if you will, that we can't see the label from the outside. So we don't know the magic that we're bringing and that secret sauce, the thing that is our zone of genius that we take for granted, right? Other people see it, they're like, oh my God, she's so good at X, Y, Z, or he's really phenomenal at this particular thing. I think the first thing, a great way to do that is if you have worked with clients and you have had those experiences, ask them, what is it that I do that stood out for you? And I think that gives you a really great perspective on how it is that you're standing out that you're maybe not even aware of. So just taking inventory of those power words that are coming through, things that you're overlooking, I guarantee you, because I do this all the time with people, they're like, really? That's so easy for me. I'm like, that's probably your zone of genius that you're completely skipping altogether. So that's what, kind of the starting point of crafting the unique positioning in, in crafting the experience that you are granting for your clients and how you're taking them through this entire transformational experience, right? Because we, our goal as entrepreneurs is to solve problems and how are you moving people through from where they are, all those problems that you know that they have, the challenges, fears, frustrations, their dreams or desires and hopes. When you have an intimate understanding of your market, now you have the message to market match. What's the messaging of how you're talking about to meet those needs 
in a way that is new, unique, and interesting in the marketplace. Again, highlighting you, right? And then you have your your proprietary process for how you do that. It's the secret sauce for how you do that. And that's how you stand out further unique. So it's really doing that investigative work around your message, your market, so that the offers that you're putting together are so relevant. You've moved people from building desire to demanding the solution because you're like, wow, you get me. And I think that's one of the biggest compliments is when somebody says to me, wow. And if it's in an email or a presentation that I do and they're like, oh my God, it's like you're in my head. Like you really get me. Well, that's no mistake. I've done my market research so extensively that I understand my dream customer or dream client. I call them, I call it your premium prospect what's keeping them up at night and why I can help them like no one else can. That's all positioning. So that comes with the magic of understanding the, that whole process. If you can't differentiate yourself in a way that eliminates your competitors, you owe it to yourself to check out Patty's website to take advantage of all of her resources. I included a link in the show notes below our subscribe button. If you haven't already made this show a must listen until next time, stay buzzworthy.